Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Wednesday, April 11, 2018. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 49, reading the second, the last paragraph, beginning with, he, we who have traveled this dubious path, through two paragraphs ending with, side of life, a fair hearing. The first paragraph is for context only, and we'll be commenting on the second paragraph. Today's readers are Valerie B. for the 12 Steps, Wendy M. for the 12 Traditions, Penny L.C., Karen R., Catherine M., and the reference number for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting for yesterday, Tuesday, April 10th, 2018, is 11275. 11,275. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting for Wednesday, April 11th is 11,278. 11,278. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Valerie B. to please read the 12 steps. So I want to unmute, please, Valerie. Hello, this, hello, this is Valerie B. Um, okay. We admitted, one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much, Valerie B. And I'll now ask Wendy M. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Wendy M., recovered in Colorado. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you very much, Wendy. Um, How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share into the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the big book, what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 49. We're reading the last paragraph beginning with we who have traveled this dubious path, reading through two paragraphs and commenting on the second paragraph. The first one is just for context, um, ending with side of uh, um, <laughs> life affair hearing. And I will now ask Penny Elsie to please read. Thanks very much, Elaine. And thank you for your service. Good morning, and good morning to everyone on the line. And this is Penny L.C., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, and, And the reading is, We who have traveled the dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice. 
even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance. While we were intolerant ourselves, we missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of the trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And when I read these words, first of all, the paragraph prior to context, I'm reminded that I need to be able to keep in mind laying aside my prejudice. And then I'm reminded of different reasons to believe, contrary to what maybe I have thought in the past. But now I have to look at how I have behaved. I grew up around a lot of condemnation, condemnation um, that was aimed at myself, condemnation that was aimed at those around me, by those around me. And so what did I learn? I learned condemnation. And so it was natural for me to to pick that up. And so if, if it was something that was I was afraid of, it was easier to condemn it than to deal with that fear, those fearful feelings. So, of course, it was easy to be intolerant. But here I am looking at it now and realizing, you know, yes, there are some people with shortcomings. Whether or not they claim a faith or, or a disbelief, all of us have shortcomings, myself as well. And now that I can see my brokenness, I can realize that I do not need to judge others. In that sense, I know that I have um, I have fallen short in so many ways myself. But we're all just trying to find our way, and this book leads us leads us to a truth that we can't deny: that we have not been able to deal with life. I've not been able to deal with life on my own and on my willfulness. And so I need to find another source of power to help allow me to deal with life. And so why not consider adopting that and setting aside my condemnation and being willing to pick up that spiritual side of life and give it a try. It's worked for me ever since I've been willing to do that. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Penny Elsie. Who'd like to 
comment on that second paragraph today? Ashley P. Ross Rod G. G. Peggy Rod H. G. Peggy H. Sandy B. Sherry K. B. I heard one more person in there. Deborah Anita P. M. C. Anita M. Deborah P. Let's stop with that right now, if I may. Um, so I've got Ashley P. Roz G. Peggy H. Sandy P. Anita M. Sherry K. B and Deborah P. And if I miss someone, I'm so sorry, but we'll pick you up on the next round. And if I've made any errors with your last initials, please let me know. So Ashley P., you'll, you'll be up first, followed by Roz G. Please go ahead, Ashley. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Awesome. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, and, and thank you to those who are doing service today. And Welcome to the newcomers. Um, I'm really grateful to be in We Agnostics. This, this whole chapter feels really, really special for me. Um, and so just to um, go back to the paragraph that we were reading for context, the, the last sentence there um, always really gets me, a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we would have thought ourselves and to have that as a promise that um, uh, oh I forgot to set my timer but I know somebody else is doing it um, to have that as as a promise for what can happen if I read this book and I work this step a degree of stability happiness and usefulness that that in and of itself is is good enough for me I I always felt like um, life just threw me back and forth and I had really no stability. I would be in the fetal position curled up um, from from just living life on a day-to-day -day basis in fear and so um, not having those ups and downs um, that that promise meant a lot to me. It was really all I wanted and then um, just reading about the uh, sort of the the condemnation um, that is absolutely how I felt somebody asked in a meeting the other day what the greatest surprise of um, working this program was and absolutely for me the greatest surprise is having a relationship with a higher power my whole life I was so angry with God I mean that felt like the central tenant of my life my my anger with God um, it wasn't really with religious people. It, it was it was specifically with my higher power. And even yesterday, I I had to pray to to let go of that. Um, so if that's something that you're experiencing, I I can say from personal experience that from working the steps and listening to these meetings and and working with a sponsor. Um, for the most part, I've been relieved of that. And my self-will comes back in and I question and I, I condemn all of the difficult things that have happened in my history and others' history. And, and I, I want to, my, my will comes back in and says, you can't believe in a higher power, but, but I can. And the way that I've done that is by working the steps, by reading with a sponsor, by 
listening to this meeting. Um, so that's, that's how it's eased for me. And um, with that, I wish everybody a happy day and pass. Thank you very much, Ashley P. Roz G, you're up next, followed by Peggy H. Thank you. Uh, my name is Roz G. I'm a compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County. And I have two visuals in my mind as if experienced uh, upon reading and listening to, to this. The first one is I remember seeing a cartoon, a sketch of vegetarians and normal eaters, carnivores and vegetarians. And the, the cartoon was, um, at the caption of the cartoon was from the, the carnivore saying to the vegetarian, you don't get enough protein. And the visual of the two individuals in the cartoon was the, the, the carnivore was very fat and the vegetarian was very thin and looked healthy. And the joke about it was that the vegetarian, they were both holding a cafeteria tray. And the vegetarian was just looking at the, the fat person, looking thin, and the, the fat person was condemning the vegetarian. And it, that spoke to me. And then <clears throat> the other one is my own personal experience is that my sister turned Buddhist. You know, we come from a Catholic family, and then I became a born-again Christian, and my sister went off to live in another state. Um, she confessed to us or, you know, came out to us as being a lesbian and became a Buddhist and shaved her head and, and went to Vietnam to live in a Buddhist monastery. And I condemned the living hell out of her. I didn't want to have anything to do with her. I would go to Al-Anon meetings and criticize her. I, would, I wouldn't visit her when she came home. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to anything she had to say. I was so close-minded and so judgmental of my blood sister. But after, after coming to meetings of various sorts, and especially in Overeaters Anonymous, and having sponsors and, and other people, being around Buddhists, being around gay people, being around other people of other religions. And just what that book says, all of them give them direction. I did not give them a fair hearing. All I had was a closed mind, and I was mean. And I haven't acted that way. And my sister and I are in very good standing. I have made amends and continue to make amends to her and continue to live in living amends with people who are who live other lifestyles and who practice other faiths. And a lot of those people have have the same ideas that I do about how we treat others, patience, kindliness, tolerance and love. I did not have those four actions. I did not act with those four attitudes and four actions for many years. But then turning around by saying, for many years, I have practiced those, those actions, patience, kindliness, tolerance, and love, especially Gentle with reminder. myself. Thank you. And with that, I'll just wrap up by saying I'm so grateful for the, for the big book and for the teachers uh, that I have in this program. With that, I pass, and thank you. Thank you, Rajji. Peggy H., followed by Sandy P.,
think I heard a Peggy H out there. <laughs> Hi, this is Peggy H. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you very much, Peggy. Sorry, Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, um, you know, I, for the longest time in my life, um, I would have these categories of I'm a believer, then there's the agnostic, then there's the atheist. And it wasn't until coming into this program and um, the layers of the onion being peeled back um, bit by bit, and most recently, uh, I would say somewhat of a cataclysmic shift in me um, after coming back from a relapse, um, realizing with fresh eyes how much I myself um, as a professed believer and truly in my heart and my mind and my soul and agnostic oftentimes. Um, this line in the big book, we talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. And even in my um, faith practice, my denomination that I'm in, I'm realizing how judgmental um, I am of people within even my own church. Um, I'm thinking of this one family in particular and, um, you know, gossip and judgmentalness and such. And just recently I had the honor and privilege of going to the unfortunate um, event of a death in their family. Um, and I witnessed this family and a community around them um, of such dignity and grace and stability. And I was truly humbled. I was truly humbled. Um, and it reminds me of this reading. And here I've been so intolerant of, um, of not just them, but of so many. And um, it's, you know, it, it parallels um, my connection with my God and with the stripping of my own self-sufficiency and my own pride and my own fear. And as I release that more and more and abandon that more and more to my higher power um, through working the steps, it comes about naturally that I have these fresh eyes for other people um, in this world, not 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 just of people of, in my faith, but of as the person, if you shared before me, you know, of all people, and to see the goodness and beauty and God's creation in every, you know, every single person. God has no grandchildren, and um, it's an exciting journey for me it, um, because it's wow, it challenges my belief system, my paradigm shift, and um, which tells Just me, you know, which gives me fresh eyes, and I'm excited to to continue on this journey. Thank you all for being here and for listening, and I pass. Thank you very much, Peggy H. Sandy P., you're up next, followed by Anita M. Sandy P., star one to unmute, please.
Hi, this is Sandy D, as in dog, um, from Central Sorry, Illinois. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Sandy. Thank you. Thanks, and thanks okay. for your last mention. Oh, that's all right. Um, you know, it's it's funny because the same line hit me. We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality and the beauty. We missed the reality and the beauty. Um, I can remember having a performance appraisal when I was in my early 30s. And one of the lines my boss used was, does not tolerate fools gladly. And at the time, I thought that was a compliment. And now I realize it really spoke to my arrogance, my pride, and one of my biggest character defects. I did not tolerate others, and I especially did not tolerate myself. Um, I'm recovered. I came into the program last August, and I'm so grateful to have over 200 days of abstinence. Um, it's just been an amazing, amazing experience that has taught me so very, very much. And I'm beginning to see beauty and loveliness again, even within myself. And I just would encourage every one of the newcomers that come in to work it because it does work. And it is definitely a program not for people that want it, but for people that do it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy D. Anita M., you're up next, followed by Sherry KB. Star one to unmute, please, Anita. Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Um, Anita M., uh, compulsive overeater in California, and thank you for everyone's service. Um, I... I am, you know, in this program in the middle of my fourth and thrilled to be here. I um, I have 30 years in another program, and I know they're, 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 they're the same and get different diseases. And I can tell you this. When I first came into the program, I had a real problem with people talking about how God gave them everything. And this was God and God and God because I came from a, I was used to call myself a recovering Catholic. And uh, when I experienced the glory of the Almighty moving through me, I fell in love with everybody. I fell in love with everybody's choice. I fell in love with everyone's viewpoint as far as how they felt. And what I developed was a respect and an understanding. I may not agree with you, but I respect the right for you to have your belief system. And I have met many people along the way in various belief systems. Uh, you know, from religious, religious to Buddhist to whatever. And I have gotten great gifts from them because I could feel the sense of their spirit. And their spirit was a common denominator, which was love and support and only wanting the best, the highest good for everyone. And that's what God has given me. I remember meditating one time and thinking, what is the true way? And I heard in my little inner God voice, there are many roads to Mecca. They are all. They they are to all be. They they are to be respected. They to all of them are to be respected, and it just gave me such freedom. And I and I have just worked with so many different people. And what I have learned is when I came in, I was so scared of of what I knew to be the truth of God, and I didn't deserve because of my disease. My disease set me up in such a way that I didn't want. I didn't deserve to have God. 
I didn't feel deserving. I didn't feel good enough. And that had nothing to do with the truth of who God is. My God is all loving and all accepting. And only hears the best and the highest and only wants the best and the highest for me. He doesn't set me up for lessons. There's no such thing in my world that God set me up to lesson to learn this. I set myself up to learn certain things by not listening and not taking the direction of what I heard to begin with. And when I started to line myself up, things changed tremendously, like amazingly, like so fast. It was just, and so now today I know, I know that there's a higher power. How I speak, how it speaks to me, how I hear it gives me such strength and intuition and love and allows me to really appreciate and have love for others and their belief systems. And that's what this program has taught me. It's taught me graciousness, understanding. It's taught me to be supportive of others. And it's also taught me to be accepting, not tolerant. To me, tolerance is to tolerating, complete 100% acceptance. And that's where I stand today. I recently got in a, a big blowout with my niece and, and she's in you know, early recovery. And I didn't handle it well. And, you know, she's, she's quite, she's a stinker. She's a major stinker, but she's trying. She's trying. And I didn't handle it well. And I was listening to Harlan's um, fourth, the fourth step with Harlan talking about it. And then I heard my inner voice go, you know what you need to do. So I called her and I made an amends because I am a sober woman. I am moving into recovery for OA and I know better. And if I want to be free, and I have to be respectful and loving. There's an old saying, if you can't make a situation better, please don't make it worse. Anyway, and with that, I'll pass. And I just love this program. I love everybody in it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anita M. Sherry KB, you're up next, followed by Deborah P. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, very grateful, recovered, compulsive by reader. And thank you so much for your service, Elaine, and <coughs> everyone on the line. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, uh, reading this particular paragraph, um, it, it pulls at my heartstrings so much. Um, when I read this part that it says, we miss the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of, of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. My cat's doing something distracting me. Um, and I just, it, it pulls at me because, you know, I didn't realize how much I woke up um, in fear and doubt and insecurity and restlessness, irritable and discontent. And so instead of looking at myself and asking God to help me to um, to move through that, I, I diverted myself by looking at others and by judging others and by blaming others for things internally. I never said it verbally, but I thought a lot. And what I found by working this program and the steps and finding out who I really am is how much I needed to set aside my prejudices um, that I carried, that I internalized. Uh, you wouldn't know it from the outside, but there was a lot going on on the inside. And um, and I just see how, you know, we talk about that we can't afford uh, resentments and anger and our fears because somebody like myself who is a truly compulsive overeater recovered today I can't afford uh, those things that most people can have, those emotions. I cannot, um, and they, they run very deep, and they cause me a lot of problems. And so when I was only viewing the negativity in my life rather than the positive, um, that's what got me into the food, uh, my thinking. So I have to be very careful the way I think, the way I, I look at things. And judgment is um, really resentment, um, and 
I I realized through working the steps how judgmental I've been, not only of others but also of myself, and how intolerant I've been of others as well as myself. And because I'm having an open relationship with a power greater than myself, um, it's changing one day at a time. Uh, Progress, not perfection for me in that arena. But it all starts with putting the food down. And I just know I can look at just layers and layers of the judgments and the resentments that I've carried um, uh, due to being a compulsive overeater, due to having the mental obsession and the physical allergy of the body. And I don't have to do that anymore. And um, and especially, um, you know, I think of Joe and Charlie when they talk about waking up with your resentment machine that it starts all over again. And, you know, I don't want to be like that today, and I'm very aware of it because I have a spiritual toolkit at my feet that I know what to do with it, living in 10, 11, and 12. And thank God for a higher power. That I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sherry KB. Deborah P., you're up next. Hello. Good morning. This is Deborah P., a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, it's great to be here. I haven't really been on the calls as consistently as I'd like to. But, of course, today um, this just hits me right between the eyes because, um, you know, it just seems like often the big book kind of speaks to us right to what we're going through. Um, And, you know, I have someone in my life that um, actually one of my, you know, my family is kind of dwindling and one of my family members that, you know, is really important to me and it's so ironic that here we have supposedly the same beliefs, the same higher power, the same, you know, whatever, theology. And we constantly are divided over the issue of God. And like right now, we're supposed to speak tonight and um, we're not talking like the serious, you know, division in our relationship and conflict. And... Um, and it kind of blows my mind, this whole program that, um, you know, I mean, it sounds corny, but this part about the, you know, we miss the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of the trees. And I see that in this program. I mean, people come from all different backgrounds, religions, you know, uh, economic, different status and um and um, it's, you know, it's just such a great reminder that, you know, I myself am being intolerant, but yet I'm saying to this person that they're intolerant. <laughs> so, you know, I guess for me, you know, one of the the big issues in this, uh, or w- one of the things, the threads in this 12-step program is the whole idea of cleaning up my side of the street and keeping, you know, and just, yeah, tolerance, I wouldn't say really tolerance, but more like love towards others. And, you know, sometimes that's hard to define, but, um, but you know, I'm just, I'm trying to uh, be loving towards others and whether it's they have the same beliefs or different beliefs or, you know, whatever. But, um Anyways, it's great to be here today, and everyone have a great day. With that, all passed. Thank you very much, Deborah P. So we are um, we have read two paragraphs. The second paragraph ending 
page 49 and the first paragraph on page 50. And um, starting with, we who have tra traveled this dubious path and ending with side of life a fair hearing. We're commenting on the second paragraph. The first paragraph was read for context. And who would like to share on that reading? Mo H. Mo H. Lisa J R. Lisa J R. I heard somebody else with Terry K. Sandy M. Lee K. Sandy M. Okay, I'm hoping we can fit you all in. So um, I have Mo H, Lisa J R, Terry H, Lee K, and Sandy M. And so please go ahead, Mo H. Oh, thank you very much, Elaine. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, thank you. Um, trying out a new strategy here. Um, this is Mo H, Recovered Compulsive Eater from Northern California. Welcome to everyone on the line and all the newcomers. Uh, I was born and raised a Catholic. And what I was taught and believed it for many years was that, let's start my timer, that um, that was the only way to God. And there was somewhere deep down inside of me, as I started to grow up, I had a hard time believing that. And I thought, what about all these other people? And then when I went to college, I discovered a lot of different religions. And, and I mean, the church was so strict that we couldn't even go into other churches. And so I just always had it deep down inside of me that there was other paths and other gentle ways and this this phrase here, when I first read it in the big book, we missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of the trees. And the ugliness inside of me was some of my beliefs that I needed to let go of so that I could see the beauty of the forest. And um, what, when I came into these rooms, I think that's when I started to open my mind up to other other possibilities that even agnostics and atheists could uh, be, uh, recover and have a God of their choosing. And, you know, when Ebby said to Bill, you know, choose your own conception of God, whatever that might be, you know, that was a turning point for this program and um, for 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 Bill actually, and for the openness of this program, but I am just extremely grateful for everything that I'm learning. And you know, when I first came in, I remember this is what I wanted to share. When I first came in, I skipped over step two and three. And the other day, when I was listening to the meeting, I realized that I was an agnostic in that way because I was thinking I knew it all, and I just skipped over skipped over two and three because I had a God. I didn't need to study about God. I just had a God. But I didn't have the God of the understanding that I have today. Thank you to this program, to Working the Steps, to my sponsor and all the people that have sponsored me before. And I'm so glad that today I can see the beauty of the forest. I can accept all who are in the rooms, no matter who or what or where they came from. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mo H. Lisa J.R., you're up next, followed by Terry H. 
Thank you all so much for your service. Thanks, moderator, and everybody who's on the line. Lisa JR here, um, gratefully recovered for this 24 hours. Just so thankful. Um, love this paragraph on page 50. Um, and I love what uh, I believe it was Sherry K KB shared that, you know, judgment is really resentment at its core. Um, this is a really good word per, uh, picture for me because I'm a, a backpacking fanatic. And I drug my husband out once um, backpacking in Wyoming. And there was a lot of beetle kill um, on the trees. So there were like these matchsticks everywhere just standing up and it was death and decay. And I was looking out at the vista and saying, oh, I, I was just totally zeroed in on the death and decay. And my husband stood there with his mouth open in awe and said, isn't this glorious? He said, you know, try to look at it as God originally created it to be, as if, you know, there was no death and decay. It was just a beautiful place. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, I carry that same judgment and intolerance um, uh, into the even into the rooms of recovery when I first got here it's like uh, you know familiarity uh, breeds contempt that saying was so true for me because I was so cynical so judgmental so ugly in my soul there was such death and decay in my soul um, but you know I'm grateful that the disease beat me into reasonableness and that faith that I had as a child was able with these 12 steps to repair the bridge to my higher power that was blown to smithereens that was falling down. Um, I was a different person and I'm thankful to say that picking up this book, working this program, um, being here in this fellowship has been the greatest blessing of my life, greater than anything I've, uh, I've ever gotten or the gifts that I've you know, been given. It's just uh, divine grace. And I would like to thank you all for helping me up that mountain uh, one step at a time. God bless everyone. Bye. Thank you, Lisa J.R. Terry H., you're up next, followed by Lee K. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive eater, bulimic, anorexic in North Carolina. Uh, happy Wednesday. Very grateful. Um, I like this part where it says, you know, not being able to see the forest with the ugly tree in the in the front. Um, you know, that, that was me. Um, I focused so much on that uh, tree that was in the front that was blinding me or blocking me from the beauty of the forest. And this is what the program gave me. The, this program and recovery and working the steps gave me the, bil the ability to see the forest and to clear that tree out of the way and set it aside so I could see the beauty of the forest. And I'm very grateful for that. You know, I, I, um, judged, I judge <laughs> and have judged, um, other people and, and places and things. And, you know, um, God works with me every day and helps me with that. Um, and, you know, I have this program that I can use to help me with that as well. You know, this is uh, step two in the willingness, the willingness to be open and to see things differently, to choose to do things differently. And, um, you know, I, I'm very open to that. Um, I went all around the circle in, in my beliefs and my spiritual beliefs, my religious practices, 
you know, I've tried everything. And uh, I went 180 degrees, and now I'm coming around again. And, you know, at this time, you know, it's, it's just, you know, if I can get my judgments and my prejudices out of the way, you know, I can see, I can have a connection and be open uh, to different processes in different ways. And, you know, and that helps me to be of maximum service. You know, I like what a fellow shared this morning on the meeting. What am I craving today? Today I'm craving that connection with my higher power. I want to be connected with my higher power and know my higher power's heart for me. And that's what I crave. And so I do the work. I wake up in the morning and I do the work. You know, I ask the hard questions. I, you know, put things together. I try to be of maximum service and just, you know, do the work, take the actions, work my program. And, you know, every day I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to my higher power's heart. And, and that's what I crave. And without a pass, thanks. Thank you very much, Terry H. Lee K, you're up next, followed by Sandy M. Hi, this is Lee K, a gratefully recovered in Boulder, Colorado. And um, I love this chapter so much. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like an agnostic um, coming in, but I felt like whatever I did believe was the only belief. And um, that line, rather vain of us, wasn't it? It just cut so deeply. Um, referencing the previous paragraph, I um, always believed that uh, life was proceeding somewhere, but that was as far as, as I got. And I was definitely cynically dissecting um, other people's spiritual beliefs and um, then I, I can ask myself, was I, was I stable? Was I happy? Was I useful? No. Um, the, the saying, um, taking what I wanted and, and leaving the rest was really, really my downfall um, because that's what, that's what led me into, into relapse. And all I have is these 24 hours and um, I need to be uh, taking action. Um, I was going through this chapter with a sponsee this morning and um, just talking about how is my fear um, more real than my higher power? How is reason, how is love, how is, how is any of that um, more real than um, my higher power? And um, I just need to, to get on my knees and, and take action um, and not be kind of blurred by um, my, own, my own prejudice. That's this whole chapter is about um, laying aside my prejudice, and uh, I can do that just for today and uh, maintaining that connection with my, with my higher power. So thanks so much, and, and I pass. Thank you very much, Lee Kay. Sandy M., you'll be our last share today. Hi, uh, this is Sandy M. Um, uh, I'm happy to be here today, and I've learned so much from all of you. Uh, I've been searching uh, all my life for what this program has, and uh, all along the way, I've, 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 I haven't found it. Um, I, uh, when I was 11 years old, I uh, tried to commit suicide, and my father came to the hospital and said to me, "God helps those who help themselves." 
And that sent me in a tailspin um, because it really didn't talk about a loving God. And then I went to a Bible study class, and the leader talked about what we ask from God. And a woman in the group said, I ask everything from God, even a parking space. And that was the last time I went to that group because... I really didn't think that you asked God for a parking space. I, I I thought you asked God to help people who have medical problems or who were ill or who were alone or destitute. And then in this program, I discovered that you can ask God for anything because he is always here with us. And when you say uh, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing, um, I, I'm now I'm now hearing him, and I'm so grateful that I found this program, and that uh, I'm changing. I don't want to be the same person I was, and. I am not that person anymore. So thank you very much for this telephone meeting, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much to everyone who has shared. We'll now transition the meeting by reading from the big book on page 164, and um, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Karen R. please read a vision for you? Yes, hello, this is Karen R. in North Carolina. Thank you for allowing me to do this service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 